Hi and welcome to Elsie's Mundo uh, Book Club podcast. Good evening, everyone. Today, my guest is Amy. Welcome. Hi, I'm Amy. Um, I am a lover of books. Um, I am currently living in the U.S. in the state of Michigan. Good. Thank you. What kind of book did you bring for us today? I chose a book called The Shame by McKenna Goodman. Okay. Why exactly this book? Um, well, because I know that part of the theme of your podcast is to pick books that aren't like bestsellers or really popular. And there's a lot of books that I like that are bestsellers or like really popular right now. Um, but this is a book that I read in the last year that I actually really liked, but I have really never seen on any like bestseller look book lists. Like it doesn't seem like it's become a really popular book. And in fact, I actually have a close friend who's a librarian and like any book I ever bring up to her, even if she hasn't read it, she knows about it. But when I brought up this one to her, she was like, oh, wow, I've never even heard of that. I've never even seen the cover. And I think it's a really good book that like deserves to be popular and deserves to be on like, you know, a bestseller list or like a book club list, but I've never seen it on one. Mm, thank you. Why? Why does it deserve to be one? So it's a book that's kind of like at the same time timeless, like it could have happened at any time when you start reading it. You're not sure if it's like supposed to take place in like the 60s or now, but also it's like very specific to our time because a big part of the book has to do with the main character becoming obsessed with someone like over the internet, like over their blog to the point where she like stalks this person um, until she like finds them in real life and watches them from a distance and realizes that their real life is really different than the like image they cultivate for themselves over the internet. Um, which I think is something that's like a lot of people go through right now, you know, comparing our like complete lives to the lives of someone who we're mostly just watching over Instagram or some kind of social media. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Sometimes I feel like that we like to post only just the sunshine from our lives on these social media websites and you know forget about our bad days yeah exactly was like a writer but she's kind of given that up to have kids and they live kind of like you know on a farmhouse in rural vermont and they are like living off the land you know doing every making all their own food and like kind of living like a, a hippie lifestyle or like a you know minimalist lifestyle which means it's a lot of work for her because she's like homeschooling the kids she's making all the food she's like planting and taking care of the gardens and all that and her husband's a university professor and so like she has to attend like these dinner parties with him and kind of like oh show off like how great he is how smart he is to all the people in his department and be like a perfect wife uh which she's like really unsatisfied with so Basically, she, well, in the, the beginning of the book starts with her just taking off in the middle of the night. Like, she just is leaving her family, and we don't know why. And then it gets into all the events that have led up to that. So, basically, she, I don't know if I should give away the ending of the book. Maybe let's give some suspense for our listeners. So, she, yeah, so without giving away the ending, so she starts, she finds this woman's blog 
which this woman is like an influencer. She basically talks about like how to be the perfect woman, how to be the perfect parent. And so she writes to this woman and is like, oh, I'll write a book for you. And she becomes like more and more obsessed with this woman to the point where she decides to leave her family to go stalk her basically. And then in the end of the book, she finds out that this woman isn't who she really thought she was online. Okay. Well, but you have to read the book to find out how she finds that out. All right. Okay. Interesting. Um, thank you for yeah. sharing. Uh, which character do you feel relatable to? Um, I would say to the main character because she's just like not satisfied with what she currently has, even though what she currently has is fine. And if she was in a different situation, maybe she would want exactly what she has. But we also, we always want like what it is that we don't have, especially now in the age of social media, when we have all these people to compare ourselves to, but we're not comparing ourselves to someone's real life. We're just comparing themselves to like the side that they show the internet. That's totally relatable. I agree with you. Yeah. I think like, everyone is is often in this trap like that we want yeah. to be someone else or we compare our lives and especially on a bad day it's a really dangerous thing to compare our lives to to someone's shiny pictures or to someone's whatever what, what's your take on social media what's your take on like um these you mentioned these instagram influencers you know seeing them like going on new adventures or moving to new places. And I'm like, oh, wow, I wish that was me, but I don't actually know what, how that really feels for them. I just know mm. how they show it off. And I guess like it's made us really inauthentic. You know, it's all, sometimes I catch myself, like, do I actually want to move or go on this vacation or visit this place or do this thing because I want to do it or I want to show off on social media, like how great I am. You know? Yeah. Yes. I can completely relate to like that. Influences mm -hmm. our decisions, like what we choose to do, all this stuff that really for basically for strangers, because our close friends know what's really going on and how we really feel anyways. So why do we place so much importance on like what someone we don't know or don't care about thinks about us? Mm. Yeah. I find money. Yes. And like using our money for that too, you know, Yes. to yeah. buy a thing, go a place to impress someone who doesn't really matter. Yes, that's true. I, I can completely agree with you. Uh, what I feel like, especially about these uh, travel influencers and uh, other, other kinds of influencers, if you didn't take a photo of that, it didn't even happen. Like no one would mm -hmm. it to you or something like no one would give you credit for that just because you say so and i think that's that's one of the hurtful parts of the social media nowadays that uh, it can do a lot of good as well not taking credit away of of it but but um what i see problematic especially like with, with among young people that i work with is that they often they they can just often see that you know this unrealistic word like women are almost women of any age are like taught to compare themselves to other women a big part of this book is like the woman that she's like obsessed with basically 
her blog is also about like the things that she buys and the fancy cafes that she goes to and the fancy things that she likes to eat. And so a lot of that is about how like our society is always trying to push us, especially women to like buy more and more and more and more. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I'm just trying to think about what it is to be a woman. And I yeah. think it's like the, the whole concept of being a woman is like what it comes to my mind is belonging somewhere and related to somewhere or someone. And it's never like about, you know, you are this and you define yourself like this. It's always like you define yourself compared to someone or compared to some situation. Yes, hmm. absolutely. I totally agree with that. And that, that's like the whole point of it. And especially now, like on Instagram, the fact that there's so many people who are like selling us stuff but the idea is that they're not supposed to be selling this stuff like these influencers who are like paid to promote a product mm. but the whole point of that is they make it look like they're not being paid it's not an ad but they're just like oh i just really love this product and i'm just like you and i'm totally normal but really at the end of the day they're like a brand ambassador and it's really insidious because like if you see an ad on tv like you know it's an ad you know they're trying to tell sell you something But if you see an ad that's just like an influencer, you think, oh, this person is just like my friend or a person that I follow. And you don't realize that that's trying to sell you something, too. That's a very good point that you mentioned now. It just comes to my mind. Yeah, it's they these people do feel like our friends because we follow mm -hmm. them. And in some cases, they might even follow us when they try to build up their own, like, you know, audience or something. Yeah. And And it can be like a tricky feeling of this, you know, familiarity that, oh, I know this person, even though I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Thank you for sharing. You also mentioned that you would like to have some quotes from the book. So this is one from the first chapter. Hold on, let me find that. Okay. So... She's talking about like, um, so basically, I think the woman in this book, like really, like struggles from low self esteem, and really struggles with, like not feeling like she's enough in and of herself, and that she's like a failure, and she's secondary to her husband. So she's talking about um, how she feels here. This is in the first chapter of the book. And she says, this is what really bothered me when I was honest with myself. I was a failure in the world of art. I was afraid I had become the very thing I feared. My mother, who had struggled to make it as a writer and ultimately didn't, and who died imagining two little men were always following her, living under her eaves, stealing things from her, leaving the seat up, hiding cheese rinds under the daybed, making creases in the sheets, and hoarding newspaper. She tried her whole life, hired a nanny to raise me, even got a few minor book deals, but in the end still had nothing in her bank account except the dwindling reserves of investments she had made from selling my father's paintings after he died. I was also worried about being left. I imagined the day would finally arrive when Asa, that was her husband, would sit me down to explain why he had fallen out of love with me and how he was moving into a yurt with his new younger girlfriend and would take the kids to live with them and she would wear see-through nightgowns all the time and it wasn't my fault. I woke up in night sweats each time I had this dream in different variations over and over again. Him leaving me, my devastation, raging, 
than breaking down. So I think this is really talking about this section really sums up a lot of her like fears and anxieties that she has. So like her fear of failure, her fear of being left by her husband, her fear of not being enough, um, her fear of not being financially stable, her fear of turning out like her mother, which I think like all of those fears are in big part, like what leads her to act the way that she does in the rest of the book. Don't we all like, you know, struggle with these fears at some point in our lives? I think like most of the people go through this, you know, this feeling of not being enough, be it like in a relationship or in a job or in your own life, or when it comes to like, you know, making your dreams true or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, especially like artists and creative people. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. And I'm also a little bit biased here because I think also women are more prone to it or maybe, mm-hmm. may, maybe men are just really good at like, you know, wearing a mask in it and just like, you know, put on this face like, no, I can do that. But like yeah. deep, deep down, they might feel this insecurity as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that they do, but I think that they're even more like shunned by society for sharing those fears. Yes. yes like even women are we are to some extent more encouraged to share our fears about our own inadequacy or failure. Whereas like in the world of men that would be really something that's looked down upon or then you're not considered a real man or something like that. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. And like one more note about social media for me. Um I think that you mentioned that you know there there is this always like comparing ourselves to the social media influencers and whatnot but in this way like from this passage that you brought for us today i understood that it's a very tricky vicious circle because it's really hard to get out of it because once you are and i bet these social media influencers also have it because there is always someone who has more followers there is always someone who gets more paid for it there is always someone who gets more you know benefit of that yes absolutely it's not something that you can keep up with at all exactly you're doomed to fail for sure yes so what's the solution? What do you think? Or does the book uh, offer any comfort or any, you know? Well, without giving away the ending, I, it's kind of a sucky ending, you know, like she just doesn't get what she wants and her whole life, whole life has fallen apart. Um, so I don't think that the book really offers a solution. And I don't know that there really is one. I, I don't know. I've seen things that say like, we've gone so far now to be like so dependent on the internet and so dependent on this kind of lifestyle and society that like we really couldn't go back in time now um so i think the best thing that we can do as a society is just like we have to accept that technology is a part of our lives and i guess try and find the best way to have a healthy relationship with it but technology just like isn't set up for it's set up for us to become dependent on it and addicted to it and for us to have comparisons with other people. So I think it's really hard to fight that or to not live that way. And it's I don't hard. know the best solution. <laughs> and it's very hard. It's very hard to live up to that, like not to live in it so mm-hmm. much or 
you know, if you consider like some workplaces will check on your social media profiles to give you uh -huh. like, your background check or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's already like a sketchy feeling if you are not found on these platforms or yeah, that's an interesting question. And interesting. Yeah. And also if you're not registered on it and, you know, there are some big discounts or there are some like events that are only available here, even webinars, I would say. And if you're not part of these social media platforms, you're easily excluded from these opportunities as well, which is. Yeah. And so that makes you feel like you don't want to get off of it because you don't want to miss out on something. Yeah. miss out on fact out about an event or a discount like you said or whatever but i do think the best solution is just to never be in like ever sign up in the first place yeah well <laughs> what but then we... also like for example us we it would be really hard if not impossible for like me and you to stay connected if we didn't have social media yes like it would be really hard to not be able to to stay connected with people who are far away from you so it feels like something that you can't escape because there's that obviously huge positive of being able to stay in contact and connected to people who i do really care about and have a, a relationship with yes, you know i agree completely i agree mm -hmm. so do you have any other quotes from the book that you would like to share yeah so i'm going to share a quote um uh, that talks about when she decides to leave. Okay. So it says, I was free, Alma reflects as she drives down the dark interstate. Behind me in the back seat were two empty car seats. No one was asking me for a snack. No one's nose needed to be wiped. No one demanded the same song be played at top volume over and over. So I think that this quote kind of deals a little bit with like the idea of like forced or like compulsory motherhood. And also with like the idea of like being a good mother um, or not being a good mother. So she feels like this feeling of freedom after abandoning her children, which like society tells us obviously is like the worst thing that you can do is abandon your children. Yes, we touched upon society before when we were talking about how different genders are expected to be socialized, like, you know, showing feelings or not showing feelings and feelings. Uh -huh. And in general, you know, really prove yourself. And then when you achieved everything, then people start to criticize you. Oh, but you haven't been a mother yet. And that's, right. that's your main purpose. That's therefore you are a woman. So yeah, even in modern societies, which is surprising because modern societies such as countries in Europe, North America. Absolutely. And she like very much rejects this from like the beginning of the novel. And so she just decides to completely reject that and become what everyone would consider to be a bad mother. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should be, it would be relatable to many, to many women probably. Yeah. Um, why, why is it called the shame in your opinion? What does the title uh, mean for you? I'm guessing, I don't really know, but I think that she has like a lot of shame about a lot of things she has shame about so like this obsession that she has with this woman who she's found on the internet is kept very secret she doesn't tell anyone about it she doesn't tell her husband that she's literally like staying up all night on the internet reading this woman's blogs 
Um, it's something that she keeps to herself. She has a lot of shame about her like failure professionally that she keeps to herself. She has a lot of shame about how she feels about her kids that she keeps to herself until the point where all these things just kind of like go over the top and she just snaps and just like takes off. And, you know, like we see a woman who we think is like really beautiful or really smart or really funny or really intelligent. And we're sometimes like, do am I in love with this woman or do I want to be this woman or do I want her to be my best friend? Like, I'm not sure, you know? Mm. These questions so, require a lot of self knowledge. Like you must know a lot of a lot about yourself in order to answer them truly and honestly, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like for myself, I've de I definitely felt that in the past, like, especially when I was like coming to terms with my own sexuality, like I would look back and realize, oh, I thought that I like thought this person was really cool or looked up to her or wanted to be like her. But really, like I had a crush on her and I didn't realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think. But unfortunately, I think Alma, the main character in this novel, she hasn't had that chance to like really reflect or get to know who she is as a person. Um, she's been really like forced into a box without mm. really being able to grow. And so she's just really confused by how she feels about this woman. And puts us into different boxes. And that's relatable again to everyone, I think. It's independent of sexuality, gender, or yeah. any other, or carriers, or things like that. So, even like in your profession, I'm I'm sure that you hear this like, oh, but you are like this and this profession, so you sh so you should be like this, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure she feels this way too. Being, I think, in the same way that like as a teacher you're expected to present yourself a certain way as a therapist you're expected to present yourself but as a certain way as an artist you're definitely expected to present yourself in a certain way you know when we hear the words like artist there's certain like personality traits that go along with that in all of our minds mm. well, like, well, oh this... you should be spirit you should be able to express yourself you should be not tied down and only being a mother you know and so probably she feels like a lot of push and pull between like what it means for her to be an artist and what it means for her to be like a stay at home wife and mother on a farm raising chickens in Vermont, you know? Yeah. That's an interesting contradiction though, because I, I know and I uh, follow some artists and I think like sometimes it's, it's difficult and it's also easy at the same time. Like an artist could also hide behind his or her artworks. Uh -huh. And that would be like just the way of his or her expressions, the way of, you know, expressing his or her like frustrations or their, their feelings re through the art and not necessarily like, you know, showing to the whole world who they are, I think. Yes. Just like, you know, through painting or through, through whatever. Do you make any art? Um, I don't really think of myself as an artist. I do like to write sometimes like blogs um but mostly that's stuff that i keep to myself i think i was a little more artistic like during the pandemic than i have been before i like painted a little um but now that that's kind of ended and i i think that's my like art is the first thing that goes away when i'm like busy when i have other things like going on um i don't feel that i really like have time for that anymore 
Yeah. Okay. Um, which one is your favorite art type or style? To make or to consume? Both. To consume is is books, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. I think that writing is like a really like that's something that really resonates with me i think that when i read a really good book like most avid readers like it it changes my life or it completely draws me in for the three hours or whatever it is that i'm reading it and there's just so many different styles of writing that exists you know every book and every author is so different and like it's completely own new world um especially if you you know people writing in prose versus writing in verse versus different kinds of fiction um, and nonfiction and young adult and, you know, everything. And I would like to be able to write a book one day, but I don't know what it would be about, but maybe I will. <laughs> Good luck. So maybe that would be my favorite kind of art to, you know, create as well, but I haven't ever created it yet. Mm -hmm. We will see. Do you write poems sometimes? You mentioned oh. blogs, but... Um, no, not poetry, really. I think that the idea of like writing in verse and having things rhyme, that's really tricky for me. Although poetry doesn't have to rhyme, but I, mm. you know, I think we think it has to. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I see. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Would you like to share anything else from the book that you brought for us today? I would just say that, I guess I would share like how I found the book. Okay. Um, Sure. So I found it on like a BuzzFeed article that was just, and I can't even find it. I don't even remember where it was. It was just a BuzzFeed article that I came across that was like, like 10 great books that you have to read right now. And this was on the list. And I always um, have like a long list going. Uh, like as a notes app in my phone of all the books that are on my list to read. Um, but because there's so many, I'll put a book on the list and I probably won't read it until like four or five months later. Mm. And by then I've kind of forgotten why I chose it in the first place. Like all I have is the title. I don't have the reason why I found it. Um, but that's kind of cool because I, you know, end up checking the book out from the library and it's like completely random. Like, I don't remember why I chose it. I don't remember why I liked it so much, but then I start reading it and it's like a, a surprise. Like I have no idea what's going to come and I start reading it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. And that was definitely the case with this book. And actually when you asked me to choose a book, I remembered this book, but I didn't even remember like the title, you know? And so I had, and because it wasn't a very popular book, I had to like go searching all over the internet, yeah. you know, and yes. just put in like keywords mm. and find it. Um, but I'm so glad I did because now I think I, you know, I checked it out from the library again to talk to you about it. And I think I'll probably reread it, especially because it's a pretty short book. So it's easy to reread. And yeah, just, I really love the process of even like finding books and choosing a book mm -hmm. to read is almost as much fun as reading the book, you know, or having yeah. someone who recommends it to you. And then you go into it with like the, it, you kind of have like the memory of that person involved in the book and you're interested in why that person liked it and why they recommended it to you. And um, I think that's one of my favorite parts about reading as well. Mm. Thank you for sharing. I have so many questions still. Um, do you also listen to audiobooks? Yes, I do. I love to listen to audiobooks when I'm like on long drives. Mm, I see. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Yep. And what are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading, hmm, where's the book I'm reading right now? I just started a new one last night. Oh, right now I'm reading a book by Anthony Bourdain, the like famous American like chef slash TV host who committed suicide in 2018. So this book is called World Travel and they wrote it like after he had already passed away but they're using like quotes from his old tv shows or interviews and stuff like that and also like sharing all his favorite places around the world so it's like a travel guide of all the places that he liked to go to so it's not really like what i would usually read to be honest because it's not like a novel or nonfiction. um it's more like a like travel guide but i really love it and it's making me want to go to a lot of new places i have to see if there's a section about thailand because that's where you are right now i was disappointed that they didn't that they didn't have a section or a chapter about ecuador because obviously that is a very important place to both of us but huh and they don't have a chapter about thailand either that's but, all right um, so that's that's like the ecuadorian chapter is going to be written by us and <laughs> yeah. I'm working on the exactly. Thailand one right now, right? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's but cool. Talked about all his favorite places. It's especially focused on. So he was like a food blogger. So it's especially focused on all of his favorite places Foodie. to eat, which but love food, and I love food all over the world. So it's um, surprising yeah, it's to really leave fun. Thailand out from that list, and also from Ecuador. I know. Also Ecuador with its, you know. Umitas and tamales and all of these delicious foodies. So yeah, although I will say that I went to, I went to a restaurant in Ecuador um, that Anthony Bourdain had been to and had reviewed. That was like an Cebollado restaurant, which in Cebollado, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, obviously Elsa and I both love is like a fish soup that's really common um in ecuador and um the encebollado place that i went to that anthony bourdain had been to and reviewed was one of the best encebollados i've ever had Whoa. so okay he had, he had gone to ecuador it's just not in this book mm, i see thank you for sharing yeah. what is your favorite genre to read oh so i think my i really like memoirs Mm-hmm. And I really like literary fiction. And I think my three favorite like themes, like if a book is about a different country, um, or it talks about like some kind of trauma, or like talks of, or like tells the story of like refugees or immigrants, that is pretty much a guarantee that I'm going to be really interested in reading that book. Do you read a lot of nonfictions? I do. But I think I read, like, if I look at my shelf right now of the books that I want to read, well, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like, 11 books on that shelf, and, like, four of them are nonfiction, and the rest are fiction. Do you have any favorite author, writer, or someone? Yes. So, my favorite author of all time... And my favorite book is The Kite Runner, which is by, and I'm not sure that I have the pronunciation correct on this, but Khaled Husseini is like my favorite author of all time, Mm. an author from Afghanistan who writes a lot of really good stories about Afghanistan, especially during Taliban rule and just tells it with 
telling fiction stories. And my other author who I have been really liking and really obsessed with lately, which, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher her name, but her name is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Yeah. He is a Nigerian author. I've read like three of her books now, and I have another one on my list to read soon, which is The Thing Around Your Neck. And her, she's also just like a really great storyteller and really sucks you in. And I've learned a lot about Nigeria, which was a country that before I started reading her books, I knew practically nothing about. Yes, books are a good way to, to get to know other countries. Uh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Would you like to share anything else? I just want to say good luck on your podcast. I can't wait to hear the episodes that you've already recorded when they come out. And thanks for letting me be a part of it. Thank you to you too. Thank you for your, you know, accepting my invitation and be a part yeah. of it. I wish you good luck and I hope you will, you know, nurture the inner artist in yourself. I believe everyone is an artist at heart. Yes. And good luck in your career and in your profession. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for being with us for this month as well and follow Erzazis Mundo. Stay tuned for more book reviews. Bye!